Welcome to Eavesdrop, where every day is a great conversation. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad you're listening. If you're new to Eavesdrop, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Or if you have an iPhone, you can download the new podcast app. That makes it even easier. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Eavesdrop Show, and you can find us on the web at www.eavesdropshow.com. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and eavesdrop. Hey, this is Heather, and I am back again with Eavesdrop, and my friend Melody Hemphill is with us for our last and final episode with her, and I hope that you have had time to to listen to the first two, but if you haven't, please go back. Uh, You cannot understand the power of a resurrection in a family's life until you've actually seen the fellowship of suffering that they've gone through, and so please go back. I urge you to, to listen to the first two shows that we've had with Melody. She and her husband, Randy Hemphill, have an amazing ministry here, and it's not just in Birmingham. Although they live here, they, they do travel, and they help families across the Southeast really work on marriages. They go to small churches, large churches, and their ministry is called Life Ministries. Their website is at www.lifeministriesnow.com. And it really started out of their own story. And we've been listening to Melody tell her story. And uh, we've gotten to a really great part, um, the part where God has really started to open up um, possibilities for new life in their marriage. And they've gotten past um, the big tragedy that they dealt with. And God has been redeeming their their minds and he has been renewing their their marriage and so we're about two years out from that tragedy so welcome back to the show melody thank you thank you for having me i am so glad you're here this has just been a wonderful journey uh to go through with you um so jump back in so we were talking about you know the battlefield of the mind and how you guys had really poured into that in about two years you guys hit this mark where it wasn't about the affair anymore and you weren't really defined by that anymore and that there were all these new memories and and a hope and a future and a life that was um, not necessarily separate because you guys chose to continue to hold on to that portion of your life. But how did that happen? Where, how does that even begin to unfold? Um, you know, the first couple of years, like I shared before, they were, I mean, they were just extremely painful and, um, and during that time, um, you know, we would get glimpses of joy again and glimpses mm-hmm. of hope and peace um, and really be able to see that God could mm-hmm. give us a good future together. Um, we had another child, um, and that was kind of a, a representation of the new work that God was yeah. doing in us, and that was a huge blessing um, as we um, were birthing this new relationship for Him to give us another child. And so... Um, you know, we started seeking God on what he would have for us to do, um, with our lives. And, um, you know, at this point, um, I was still dealing with a lot of shame. Um, and we, there were people that knew, Mm -hmm. but I will say that I, um, I didn't initiate conversations with people, um, unless they were a couple of people that I sought out for some, um, some godly counsel, but I, I didn't want to talk about all of it with my friends. And there were several men that Randy had in his life that were really um, crucial to him um, journeying through that. But I will say I, I did a lot alone um, during that time. And, and part of that is more my personality. I'm 
much more introverted. Randy's more extroverted. But um, a, a lot of that was um, the shame and embarrassment and um, my fear of what people would think about me. And so um, God moved us um, to Florida for a couple of years, um, and it was for ministry. Um, but during that time was was a crucial time for me and my spiritual growth. Um, I moved down there. We didn't have, um, in the town we lived in, we knew a few people, but by and large, I was alone um, and having to rebuild relationships and all that. And I was very, very lonely. Had two young kids. Um, and um, I remember, um, you know, just seeking God in a new way. I was understanding mm-hmm. grace totally differently. Um, you know, early on in my walk with God, I knew I needed grace for salvation, but I, I thought that I was really good, good enough, mm-hmm. yeah, um, that I didn't need grace mm-hmm. um, to cover just the dailiness of my life and my choices and all of that. And so I was understanding God um, and His grace in a new way, and it was a tremendous time for me spiritually. Mm-hmm. It was a, a really hard time um, for some different circumstances in our life, but God really brought Randy and I um, so much closer. It was good to get us away, but I will say that part of um, of me wanting to move away was we could move somewhere else where nobody knew. Yeah. And that was shame telling me, you know, you need to be somewhere where people don't know this because people will think differently. Um, and so I wanted to move because I wanted to get away from the place where, where I knew that some people did know. And so um, during that time period, um, I felt like God started telling me that I needed to um, share my story. And, and the reason I share my story is to is to share what God has done. It's not right. about me, but about what he had done in me. And, and I had some um, friends coming uh, to visit me and I felt like God kept saying you need to share what's happened and what I've done and I, I remember being terrified because they'd been friends I'd had for years but they I'd never had conversations with them when I was walking through it and um, and I had been really inspired by a pastor um, friend of ours who had come um, who had been through some totally different things in his life but came down to Florida and shared some of his own story and I remember hearing him share and going he has something that I don't have. He has a freedom that I don't have. Um, and his life is not controlled by his shame. Mm-hmm. And I want that. Yeah. And I don't know how to get that. <clears throat> but maybe it's by me being more transparent about what I've been through. And so um, I, as those friends came down to visit me, I kept feeling God's prompting. And I kept putting it off. And, and by the end, I, I decided, okay, I'm going to just tell them. And it was a beautiful um, experience for me to experience friendship in a way that I really had kind of guarded myself against. Mm-hmm. Um, and these women embraced me. They cried with me. They loved me. They shared their own stories. And all four of us had gone through difficulties in our marriage, but done it alone. And I remember mm. being so struck by that because we, we'd all been in church together. We'd all been a, quote, community, yet the hardest parts of our lives we were keeping to ourselves because we felt like everybody else was fine. Mm-hmm. We were the ones that weren't. So let's just deal with this. Let's get okay and let's keep up that I'm okay kind of facade. Um, and I, I remember that speaking volumes to me about how many of us are going through life and the hard stuff and we're not talking about it. And so as God began to to kind of start some new things in Randy and I, and we knew that our time in Florida was up. We didn't know what that meant. Um, but 
God started to say, you need to start sharing your story. Yeah. And then in a funny way, he said, I want you to move back to Birmingham where your life fell apart. Um, and I want you to go back there mm-hmm. and I want to use you among the people that you knew before in a new way. And so um, that it was part of our healing journey um, that we were still on. But God said, I want to take the worst thing that you've ever walked through and I want to use it for good and I want to use it for ministry. And so it was kind of the merging of the experience we had in ministry before God's calling on Randy's life at a very young age um, to say, I'm going to bring all this together and now I want you to go and share with somebody else that's struggling. And we really at the Mm -hmm. time had no idea what that would look like, but I knew if, if I could offer hope just to one person that thought that maybe their marriage was in a place that was beyond help and if we could say hey we've been there or we've been somewhere similar um it may be a totally different Mm -hmm. story of their marriage but if they were in that place of hopelessness that we could say you know what we made it Mm -hmm. we are stronger because of it god can do the same thing for you and i thought if just one person can hear that I'll share my story. I was terrified in a lot of ways because, um, you know, what were people going to think of me? Were were the the labels that I had kind of thought were true of me, you know, adulteress, sinner, betrayer, all those things, were were those things going to be the the things that people most thought of me? Um, And so I was scared. But um, each time that I have shared, um, that has kind of been a, a way that God has diffused what the devil wanted to use against me and God has taken it and made it for good and um, one of the verses that Randy and I refer to all the time is Revelation twelve eleven, where it says they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the power of their testimony and so we want to use our testimony our story to to say you know what Satan you don't get power over this. Oh, no. Um, and each time that we've shared, um, and as God has, has given me chances just to sit down one-on-one with women, that takes away the power of the shame. Oh, it does. Um, and, and I feel the exact same way. You know, there's so many passages in the New Testament where it talks about that. And it says, you know, there's going to be terrible times in the last days. And people are going to be lovers of money and abusive and proud and disobedient to their parents. And it goes on and it gets worse mm-hmm. and it gets worse. And they're they're going to be treacherous. It, it is an unbelievable litany of things that are going to happen. And adultery is in there. And then at the bottom of it says, and they are going to have a form of godliness but deny its power. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like so many of us Christians are are struggling with all of these things that are in that list. And we deny the power that's there because we're just going to bear it alone. This silent little cross of shame. Yeah. Ugh! yeah. And that is not intended. Yeah. There is power in the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. And, yeah. and when we deny that power, all we're limited to are the resources that we have individually or as a couple. How, I mean, how do we get that across to people? That God can and he will. Yeah. He will do this yeah. for you because it's his name. Yeah, It's his Holy Spirit in you. If you will humble yourself, then he, he can do this. Yeah. Um, it, it is unbelievable. The, the blood of the lamb that covers our sin. You know, all sin is covered up. It's either covered by the blood of the lamb or it's covered up with us hiding it. Yeah. And and I just think that's so powerful 
for you to say that, but, you know, the word community, you know, can you use the word community if you really don't know those people? Yeah. It's so important. So these friends come and you start to see this powerful ministry that's happening where you can be authentic and real and not just share the story for the story's sake, but really the power of what God did with a surrendered sinful pattern. Yeah. Um, And I think that's, that's awesome because not only did you overcome the adultery, but in being honest with those friends coming, you also did a, a second time of success of, this is not what I feel. It's what I think yeah. is right. I'm going to yeah. obey. Yeah. He was prompting you and you obeyed. Yeah. And there was power in that. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it, the fear could have kept me silent. The fear of what other people would think. Um, and I knew that Satan had had enough victory in my life. Amen. And I wanted to take back what he had stolen from me because he he stole two and a half years of my life. Yeah. I willingly went along with him. But he wanted to still kill and destroy everything that mattered to me and so if my obedience could be a way for me to um experience some more victory in my walk with god then i was willing to get out there and and do it um it's not always easy. Oh, it's um, never easy. You know, I'd rather tell people all the wonderful things about uh, me, but, um, you know, that I list would. is kind of short. And, I, you know, it, it's amazing how God has taken mm-hmm. um, the worst part of our life and, and the most painful part, yeah. the part that if we could undo anything, we cert- would certainly would take that out. Yeah. And that's the very thing that God has said, I want to use and I want to do something with. Um, and so God has taken our weakness and our brokenness and in mm-hmm. his strength um, has used it for good. And so that that to me um, has become the greatest gift it um, is. that, you know, the most painful times in my life drew me to God. They pulled me back to him. And I think he allowed us to experience all that because he said, mm-hmm. I'm not everything to you. And I want to be. And so I will let you fall flat on your face because it will draw you back to me in complete dependence. And those times have become the greatest gift for me to seek the Lord in a way that I had never done before. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I I tell women a lot that the times when you feel most hopeless and most afraid— can be the times where God can be most at work to bring you to a healthier place because he doesn't want to leave you there. God mm-hmm. didn't want to leave me in my control, my fear, my perfectionism. And and those are things that I still struggle with, but God loves me enough to say, Melody, that's not where you need to be because you're putting your eyes on yourself and not on me. Yeah. I don't want to leave you there. And so he will let me experience hardship to draw me back to him. And those, those have become great gifts um, mm-hmm. of my life. They don't always, they don't feel like a gift when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, I think that's the hardest part when God is working on me in an area. Um, it, it usually feels like a lot of alone time mm-hmm. and I'm such an extrovert. I love people, love people, love to hear people's stories, love to be around them, love to encourage. And so when he's working on something in me, he does pull me away. You know, it, it, um, one of the passages I love where it says, and he woos her away into the wilderness and mm-hmm. speaks kindly to her. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't want this again. Yeah. But that's how he does. Yeah. He pulls me away to show me, you know, sometimes it's through the words of my husband speaking something to me. And then 
I go to the the Lord to to get confirmation, and and He does. And I'll yeah. say, yeah, your husband's right on this, and and He shows me all of these things. It it does take some work. There's some effort, you know, um, to working it out and making it mine. You know, it it's a truth, but making it my truth, yeah. and and not just a head knowledge, yeah. but really something that has taken hold in my heart, yeah. so that I can give that in a moment of need you right. know for me or for my kids or for someone else so I, I think that's awesome that your your healing developed for y'all into a way to not only share what God had done in your life but to actually minister and yeah. to help others um, to fight the battle that is before them yeah. which, which I think is so powerful is that you didn't hide it you didn't yeah. keep it and that it has become, like you said, not necessarily um, just a part of, but it's a cornerstone yeah. in your ministry that y- your darkest hours, your darkest choices can be redeemed. All you have to do is be obedient. Yeah. Give them back to the Lord. And and He is faithful. Yeah. We are not faithful. Yeah. He is faithful. Um, so I, I am most excited about that. Um, we We've gotten pretty far through the book we've talked a lot about it can can you kind of share some of the cool things that you and randy get to do now um you know there, there are these great words that are in your book like outpost and community and living room what's the w i forget L- lrw's oh living room weekends weekends yeah um the lrw's and um it, there's some really neat ways that you guys practically minister to a family, a lady, a man, uh, a church, uh, a small group, a community. So um, I really want them to kind of get a picture of that. Yeah. Um, You know, it's as we've been doing ministry the last five years, God continues to kind of morph and change Mm -hmm. this as we go. And that's been kind of fun to just kind of let him figure out what this looks like instead of us having to do that. And um, there's several different aspects um, to our ministry, we work with couples um, one-on-one a good bit. Um, we in in that we do a lot of personal work. I meet with the ladies. Randy meets with uh, the husbands, and because so much of of what we have learned is it is such a personal mm-hmm. journey um, to healing and health, and yeah. then you can bring something so much stronger back into your marriage. Um, we also have a a great passion for the local church. Um, and so we want to not be a ministry that kind of functions separately from right. that, but we want what we do to, to have an impact on the church. Um, and we know there are so many marriages that are hurting, um, and we want to be able to uh, to be an encouragement and mm-hmm. be a voice of hope. Um, and so we um, do weekends in churches. Mm-hmm. Um, we um, also have done... Um, what we call living room weekends where we'll take um, some couples Um, a lot of times they're part of a a community within a church so those Um, couples already know each other right they have a relationship but they want to deepen that relationship and we will spend uh, the weekend um, walking through the power of our stories walking through um, issues related to spiritual warfare and marriage because most of us are very ill-equipped in that area Mm -hmm. to really understand um, what the attacks look like and what we can do as believers to walk in the strength of Christ in that. And um, we talk about different ways to experience healing. We really 
um, want that community to get to know each other in a deeper way because mm-hmm. we can we can be in small groups of believers and still just know the surface. Yeah. And so we walk those couples through um, just deeper community, how to really get to know each other, how to be able to fight for each other's marriage when another couple is hurting and going through something difficult. What does it look like for you to fight for them and fight with them? Um, and so that's another aspect of what we do. Um, and, you know, we we still just kind of let God um, figure out what the other doors look like. Mm-hmm. You know, opportunities for yeah. Randy to share with men, me to share with women. Um, and, um, you know, we... Our, everything we do comes out of our story, yeah. um, and we know that God wants to take that and just continue to um, to use that to minister mm-hmm. to people. Uh, there's such a great need um, yeah. among marriages. Yeah. I think what I love the most about the way y'all minister is that, you know, it's, it's not from your strengths. It's from your weakness, yeah. so that God is shown as perfect. Yeah. And so I, I just feel like it glorifies God. It shows what the real purpose of marriage is. And, and it's it's not for us to be happy all the time, but yeah. it, it's for us to have a closer walk with God and to really know someone on this earth the way God knows us. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful picture in that. And um, I, I just am excited for, for what it is. And, and I love that you guys don't limit it by going, and this is what we do. We offer one, two, and three. Yeah. But that yeah. you say, this is how he's used us so far, and we leave it open. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really grateful that you've shared about the journey and where you guys are and how you can um, be contacted and what you can do with other people. And so I, I really want us to, like, put some bullet points out there, mm-hmm. you know, for some women. Because I just have this feeling, you know, I look at our Facebook page and I look at the people who've left comments for us or shot us an email and and I see those faces and I know nothing about them. Mm-hmm. You know, I get the thumb up, they liked us. Yeah. Or I get the comment that, you know, this spoke to me or I'm going to send this to my my sister or I'm going to I'm going to send this to my friend who's dealing with a certain thing, but I have no idea what they're going through. Yeah. Um but I just kind of feel like you and I have this kindred spirit about how we we love women and l- love marriage yeah and so I just kind of want to give some bullet points for them because you know this is our third and final podcast with Melody so you know just some some tangible nuggets of truth and hope for um women as as we do this thing called life community family marriage um and and you know I'd, I'd like to start with talking about shame yeah because I, I think that is something that um, is such a limiter for us mm-hmm. and when we think about throwing off shame what are, what are some of the verses that pop in your mind or some of the thoughts that you have about that because I really feel like shame holds us it's almost yeah. like a cellophane you know the the guilt of what we did but the shame just kind of traps you there yeah and um, solidifies something when when it's really not it's not real yeah but it it's like it's like it makes it real yeah. to our life i read something recently that talked about how guilt um tells us that what we did is bad shame says that we are bad mm. and the big difference in that and yeah. how um 
shame is such a tool of the enemy. It is. Because we are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. We reflect who he is to the world. And um, when we give our lives to Christ, we now have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So for the devil to tell us that we are bad because of what we've done goes against the what God's God. word has said about who we are. And um, we are believing the lies of the enemy Over. far quicker than we are believing the truth of God's word about who we mm-hmm. are. And I think as women live from that, we're living from those lies that's why we keep going down roads that lead to destruction because yeah. we don't know or we don't we don't have a heart um, knowledge of who we are. We can say, oh, I hear those verses. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And I think we're more prone to say, oh, yeah, I believe that for so-and-so. But, yeah, God doesn't really mean that for and, me. And that is so prevalent, that head talk versus a heart mm-hmm. walk. It drives me crazy when you know the answer, but it has not, you know, not penetrated it just hasn't it hasn't sunk down into your heart to where it's your truth yeah um and and it is so prevalent you know the word of god it says that we we have to we have to take that thought that i am bad Mm -hmm. or if you you know i hear this one a lot if you really knew me you'd leave me yeah oh how can we say that when we know that each of us was created by god in his image with a purpose yeah that you are completely unique and there's no one else who could do what God has called you to do. Yeah. Uniquely gifted, uniquely qualified. Yeah. I mean, look at how you were gifted and qualified. He gave you all of these wonderful things and then qualification through even your sin. Yeah. And the redemption of that and the working out of your salvation to see that he still loved you and he still had a plan and you were being sanctified for it. Yeah. And I just see this shame just being pulled off of you in such a beautiful way and now it's it is completely exposed for what it is. Yeah. It is a lie. Yeah. It is not able to stand up to the truth of God's word. Yeah. I, I think that's really powerful. Um, well, and you know, I shared about how that first thought in my head when I knew that my sin and affair had been exposed was that my life was over. Yeah. Um and I could have I could have stayed there forever, yeah. you know, and stuck there and um Thankfully, because God's word replaced those lies, I was able to see that my life was not over, that God yeah. still could use me for something good. Yeah. Now, it, I, it's not like I believe that overnight. You know, that right. that was a process of God retraining how I how I thought. Um, you know, Psalm 103, 12 says, um, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Um and, you know, when it comes to shame, um, he's already removed all that. Yeah. And so for us to hold on to it and beat ourselves up almost says to God, what you did wasn't enough. Yeah. You know, I've got to do something to fix this. Oh, yeah. And he's saying, I've already done it. I've already done it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's still so, our pride trying to see yeah. back in there yeah. that it's him plus me. Yeah. Just a little bit of yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's nothing we can do but surrender to him. And, and I think that is such a powerful word and people think it's so passive let me tell you the most active thing that you can do in your walk and in your marriage is surrender yeah surrender to the fact that you may have this ideal in your head this is what my marriage is gonna be like and you're falling flat on your face and this is not what I signed up for surrender to the fact that your thoughts are not God's thoughts and that 
his ways are not your ways and let him be your lord Mm -hmm. you know we have all these old movies that show you a a lord relationship and usually in england or scotland you know but let him be your lord let him provide for you let him take care of you yeah and that's really the lord relationship that we have for him is a loving kindness yeah is slow to anger abounding in love he desires to lavish his love upon us but will we surrender and let him yeah will you let me love you i just feel like god says that to us so many times Mm -hmm. and we keep going no i don't need you to no let me do this i got it i got it you don't have to go help somebody else yeah oh will you let him love you will you let god do that and remove the shame yeah because he can yeah you know jesus talks about you know um, in uh, Hebrews, where it's talking about fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, who, for the joy set before him, okay, that would be us. Yeah. We were the inheritance that he was going to get. That was the joy set before him. He endured the cross and scorned the shame. I love that. Scorning its shame. Yeah. And is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. There's so much hope in that. Scorn the shame. Yeah. Yes, you were guilty. Yes, it has been paid for. Yes, you are honestly, obediently letting God renew your mind and transform it into who he wants you to be, like you're talking about. Let go of that shame. All it will do is link you to something that God has paid for, like you said. That is so powerful for women. I pray that you guys will stop the recording and rewind that if you are struggling with shame just rewind that and let what melody is saying just seep into your heart from your head to your heart because it is awesomely powerful okay so um let's do one more really quickly um what about um forgiveness you know can you forgive yourself We, we talked about god forgiving you um how do you forgive yourself when you know you've blown it yeah were there any passages or any thoughts that god seeped into your head things that you read that really were powerful on forgiveness how do i forgive myself or how do i forgive the one who has betrayed me or the one who has sabotaged our marriage in some way if it was done to you yeah um you know one of the most beautiful things in our story is uh randy's forgiveness Mm -hmm. um he was such a picture of Christ through all of that. Um, and there were times when it was hard to receive that. Um, but he, um, he, the day after he found out, um, you know, he wakes up the next morning and, um, you know, what do you do? Your whole life has just exploded. Um, and he had been reading the one year Bible. And so, he, you know, if he tells the story, he says, I really didn't want to read it, but I thought, well, what else am I going to do this morning? He picks it up. And, um, and for that day, it's Hosea 2. Mm. And um, it's about um, Hosea and Gomer, and, um, and it's a story of God pursuing his people after they have been unfaithful to him. And, um, you know, it, it's all these verses about you pursue her even in her unfaithfulness and um you know he he threw the bible across the room he was like god don't play games with me um but even in that moment hearing god say to him you know i have pursued you in your unfaithfulness and Mm -hmm. you can forgive her you can pursue her in her unfaithfulness um 
And so our our restoration journey was very much a picture of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it took a long time for me to um, to not beat myself up. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there are days even now I can I can see the hurt and the pain that I caused him during that time. Um, and um, and it's still very painful. You know, we. We talk about it a lot, so there's, you know, it, we don't talk about it without the feeling attached to it. Um, but I think um, believing God's forgiveness for me is what frees me up to really mm-hmm. um, release myself in that way. Um, because, you know, God's forgiveness is far greater than anything we can even understand. Yeah. And so um, for me to, to really start to believe what's true um, about him and his word and and how he sees me and when I can start to really believe who I am as the bride of Christ and his beloved daughter and all of those things um, that's when the forgiveness can sink in oh yeah and I can I can live my life not as this dirty rotten horrible person but as his daughter that he sees through the eyes of Christ and I just think that is so real because it, it's so easy to accept that God has forgiven us from our sin for salvation. Right, right. Right. But as believers, when we sin, I think sometimes it's so hard to, and sometimes we do it both ways. I've seen people let themselves off the hook, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. But then those of us who won't receive forgiveness for ourselves, we, we literally are beating ourselves about the head and shoulders with our sin when you know god has already done it he's yeah. paid for it yeah um i just have that verse running through my head in galatians where it talks about um it was for freedom that christ set you free therefore do not subject yourselves again to another yoke of slavery mm-hmm. and feeling like you got to live out something to earn continued forgiveness for something that God no longer remembers. Right. Just like that verse that you said, as far as the east is from the west, he has forgiven us. It is gone. It is not our identity. Yeah. It is certainly not our destiny. Yeah. And he doesn't require sacrifice. It's over. Yeah. You know, if if I needed I just remember that picture. It's such a great thing when God says, "If I needed your sacrifices, Oh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. you know, I would have asked for them. Yeah. All I've asked for is obedience. It's so much better. Yeah. Just obeying me. Well, and forgiveness, accepting it and giving it is obedience. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. It is the hardest thing in the world to look at someone who has hurt you and forgive. But the Bible so specific says forgive as you have been forgiven. Yeah. And when I think about the sin in my own life, oh my, woe is me. I am ruined. Yeah. I, I can't even get to someone else's sin. Yeah. I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and I come from a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the king. It's never about that other person. Yeah. So I just think it's really powerful that, you know, those two things are exposed. Yeah. That shame and unforgiveness for ourselves or for others, those two are like a combo punch of yeah. just takedown strength yeah. of our enemy. Yeah. So... Ladies, we are at the end of yet another wonderful segment with Melody Hemphill. And I hope that your heart has just been encouraged, that it has been blessed, and that that you have gotten 
what a story of hope and redemption God has for you and that um, he has just used the life of Melody and Randy Hemphill to just expose that to you if you have never felt that kind of forgiveness from shame and sin and um, unbelief I just pray that God would use this t- this um, testimony and their ministry to to give you a glimpse into what God has for you um, we are so grateful eavesdrop would not be the same without these wonderful guests that we have and i hope you guys have loved getting to know melody hemphill um just real quickly i want to remind you that they have written a book randy and melody have written a book that is not just about their story but it does include their story but it has um at the end of each chapter opportunities for you to do it as a as a family or as a small group you know ask questions for you to go through so it really can impact your your um, family and your small group's life but their book that they've written it's called every marriage needs a divorce the pathway to healing and hope and i just pray that you guys will go to their website and look them up i mentioned before that um they are a ministry they um come and underneath different churches and support their marriage ministries but you can go on there and become a supporter of theirs if you have been touched by this story you know they do accept monthly support and i've mentioned that i support their ministry my husband and i value them and what they do for families in our area so please go on their website it is www.lifeministriesnow.com you uh, can pick up their book there it's going to be right there on the front page um, they are available like melody said they they work with families they do one-on-ones they um, come and do living room weekends which are just a really great small intimate gathering with friends that know each other that want to be real and develop true community not just hey i like the outfits you have on but sit by each other in church because uh, our kids have fun together but real community and what that looks like um, as you battle for their heart so melody is there anything else you want to share with our our family before we wrap up um i just want to say thank you so much for letting me be a part of this um you know anytime i have the opportunity to share i just want to point people to christ and what he has done um and you know just let him use this however he wants to um and if there's any way that we can minister to a couple a woman um struggling with some things um, they can contact us through the website and It has been my pleasure. Um, Again, thank you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today on Eavesdrop. Take a look at us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. And we also have a website. It's at www.eavesdropshow.com. Thanks again. Have a great day. Bye-bye.